Weren't they fantastic? I think we should give them a round of applause, don't you? It's not over yet, so it's all right. There's more to come. So save your real applause to the end. I, I, I don't know about you, but uh, it seems as if Christmas comes faster every year. Have, you, have some of you noticed that? It feels like I had a few sleeps and I'm back here again on Carols by Candlelight. Um, I don't know why that's like that or whether you feel like that. I am... Um, it wasn't like that when I was growing up. Some of you are young here and you're looking forward to Christmas and it's taking you forever to get here, hasn't it? That's how it feels. But as I got older, it seemed as if it went faster and I've discovered actually why that might be the case. Apparently, when you get older, it takes you longer to process off. And so it feels as if time is going faster. You're just getting old. Actually, that's not the only thing I remember about Christmas. It's not just that it seemed to take forever to get there. I grew up in the Northwest and at Christmas time, dark comes early and it's often cold and damp. And a bit grim, really. And I remember walking through the streets sometimes late in the afternoon when it was really dark. And the, the shop windows would all be lit up and they'd be in the Christmas colors. And it was as if these were castles of light in the darkness. And they exuded warmth and glow and wonder. And I, I remember going home. And we had a, a, a Christmas tree, and we had lights on the Christmas tree, and we turned out the other lights, and so you'd go from the cold and the damp into the warmth, and there were the lights of the Christmas tree. And I remember we would go out onto the streets, groups of us, and we would wrap ourselves up with hats and scarves around our faces to protect ourselves against the chill and we would sing. And you know, the thing about all of that wasn't so much the presence. It wasn't just the food. It was that sense of being touched by an enchanted world. Something of enchantment beyond all the presence. And so when Christmas went, I missed it. And because I was young, it seemed to take forever for it to come back. There is something about that idea of enchantment that, especially when we're children, and maybe you recall how you felt. In an enchanted world, all kinds of things are possible. Amazing things happen to the most unlikely of people. Paupers become princes. Poor people discover a vast inheritance or acquire wealth in some kind of way. The lonely find friends. The sick are made well. 
things turn out well for everybody. The world of the enchanted world is one of joy and love and laughter and peace. And at the end, the end, all the bad people either are miraculously transformed or they're banished forever. Enchantment. Being touched. Getting a glimpse of a world that might be so different from growing up in the northwest of England where the sun never shines to a world where we look out and see so many terrible things happening. Is it possible? Are those childhood dreams that we had just fantasy? Well, enchantment is there in the Christmas story, isn't it? A young, unmarried woman has a child who turns out to be a king. And she turns out to be the most privileged woman who's ever lived. That's enchantment, isn't it? And a baby that's born in a manger rather than a palace turns out to be a prince and a king. That's enchantment, isn't it? And instead of the nobles and the courtiers being summoned to the birth to pledge their allegiance and acknowledge the new prince, it's shepherds who are summoned and the foreigners from far away who are drawn to this manger. That's enchantment. And the enchantment that began in the manger continues. And as that little baby grows up, you can trace how the enchantment works through his teaching, through the things that he does. And then strangely, strangely, through his death. Because that tragedy turns out to be the most amazing example of enchantment of all because it ends in resurrection. And it's never stopped. That enchantment that was born in the manger in Bethlehem has never ceased. That birth has and is changing the world. The world is a radically different place because of the birth in Bethlehem. And the evidences are all around if we're able to see them. The fact that we are here tonight in Sydney, in this church, remembering something about a baby born 2,000 years ago is remarkable. That's an example. But across the world, there are millions and millions of people who've come to believe that human life matters regardless of wealth or status. That justice is important for everybody, again, regardless of wealth or status or power. 
that the poor and the vulnerable and the children and the old and the victims and the refugees should be cared for and the sick should be looked after. All of those things that we in so many ways used to describe ourselves as modern people, these are amongst the things that define us. They trace their origins back to the stable in Bethlehem. They don't come out of ancient Greece and ancient Rome. And so there are people across the world who wouldn't acknowledge Jesus. They're not Christians, and yet they are pursuing the things that come out of the manger in Bethlehem. You see, the birth of Jesus is the birth of enchantment. It's where a different era, a different world breaks in. And the world has been changed by it. I, um, I saw something of a speech that Tim Minchin gave a few years ago at his old university. Tim Minchin, the comedian, the musician, the entertainer. And he had his nine lessons I don't know whether it was Christmas time when he gave this speech, probably, probably to match the nine lessons and carols that you get in some churches. So he had nine lessons. Number three was, remember it's all luck. Who you are, where you are, what you're like, everything is luck. And even if you're able to take yourself out of the circumstances that are not so good today, all that's luck because you are the kind of person you are because of luck. There's no meaning, there's no purpose, there's just luck. But if that enchanted world that broke in in Jesus is real, then it's not just luck. One writer of the New Testament commenting on that event says that he, that is Jesus, gave the right to everyone who received him, who believed on his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. That is, to experience the enchantment, to enter into this new world, this new era that began in the stable in Bethlehem, where remarkable things happen to ordinary people, where ordinary people become extraordinary because of that new era that that baby and then that adult Jesus brought into being. To everyone who received him, who believed in his name. That is, it's a bit like falling in love. Some of you may recall falling in love. Some of you may be in love for the first time. Do you remember something of that experience where as you were falling in love, this person you came to love was your north and your south and your east and your west, and you wanted your whole life to revolve around them, and you wanted to give yourself totally to them, that's what it means to receive Jesus. That's what it means to believe in his name. 
Or to put it another way, it's like discovering a friendship. One of those deep, lifelong friendships where you sit around and you're open with each other and you'll tell each other everything. You share everything. You laugh and you cry together. You are inseparable to everyone who received him, who believed in his name, who gave themselves to him. He gave them the right to enter the wonder, the enchantment for ordinary people, rich and poor, male and female, anybody to become a child of God. That means a child of the wonder, a child of the enchantment, elevated beyond all imagination. Is an enchanted world a reality? The story of Jesus suggests that it is. And that means that enchantment is possible for every single one of us. Tim Minchin is wrong. We do have a choice. We do have a choice. It's not just luck. You can choose to enter the enchantment, to enter the wonder. To everyone who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to be called children of God, children of the wonder, children of the enchanted world that he has brought in. I don't know about you, but uh, I love procrastination. Never do today what you can put off till tomorrow is one of my maxims. Some of you may have been adopting that kind of principle about this, putting it off. A decision about Jesus. Can I encourage you? Make this year the year where you do something. Embrace the wonder. Enter the enchantment. In a moment, we're going to sing and choir are going to come back and they've got some more singing to do. Um, I'll be lurking at the back afterwards. I've got a little leaflet that I'd love to give you. All you have to do is come up to me and say, Graham, can I have one of those booklets? may help you in some kind of way. I'm not going to ask for your autobiography. You can give it to me if you want to, but uh, just say, Graham, I'd like one of those, please. Because I'd like to find out more about being part of the wonder. We're going to sing in just a moment. So the choir are going to come back. And then there'll be an opportunity to thank them later.